Thank you, Jesus. Momentum. Everybody say momentum. That's what I'm talking about. And I did the first part of this uh, this morning, talking about moving forward, getting momentum. When you're in inertia, treading water, it's a bad feeling. Everybody wants to feel like they've got momentum. You know, when you come up uh, to a set of lights and there's that yellow, it goes green, yellow, and the guy in front of you looks a more conservative driver than you. And you're trying to do a little mental telepathy. You're saying, you can make it. Go through the yellow lights. Because you know you can if he can. But they don't. What's wrong with them? They slow up. They're law-abiding citizens. They know that Peter's in town, the policeman, and they don't, they don't want to get a ticket. <laughs> they, they stop. But you want to keep going. Nobody likes the feeling of stopping. Nobody likes the feeling of getting stuck. When I was a kid, we used to surf at a place called Castle Point, and to get there, you had to drive across this long beach, and some days it would be soft sand. Most of the time, it was hard, but we'd go screaming across this as fast as we could, but eventually, down into the soft sand, we'd be wheels spinning, you're going nowhere, you're frustrated because it's going to take an hour of digging and pushing and everything to get out and to get to the surf, because you want to keep moving, but we would... The amount of effort it takes to get a car that's stuck out of the sand is huge. You're pushing, you're sweating, there's sand going everywhere, or everybody's out of the car. You're pushing as hard as you can, and you're still going nowhere. It's just like wheels are spinning, and you're going nowhere, but then you just get an inch, and then you get another inch, and you just get this slow inch. You're giving maximum effort and minimum return. That's how you get going once again. Getting momentum after you've been stuck requires a lot of effort. A, a plane taken off uses almost 75% of its fuel. Plane go, a, a rocket going into the air uses 95% of its fuel just to get out of, out of gravity, just to get going. But once you're out there, so the thing is having momentum is an incredible feeling. I'm, I'm involved in a, in a world where I have to keep a lot of plates spinning. One is this church in Sydney, and then uh, there's the movement all around the world. Then there's Presence Conference. Then there's television. Then there's a Bible college. And then there's a school over the road. And then you got your, your family, and then you got your house, and your finance. You're involved in keeping a lot of things going. And you gotta, you got to actually keep momentum because when one of those things stops... To get it going again takes so much, so much more effort than if you, if you just were able to keep going. Now, the scripture I use this morning is in Psalm 122, verse 1. It says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go. Let's go into the house of the Lord. The best direction you can ever have is towards Christ, towards the house of God. And there are a lot of people who are going to be glad you asked them this coming Easter. Let's go. There are going to be a lot of people who are glad you asked them to come with you to Presence Conference. And they might, it's always, they're not kind of glad when you first ask them. But once you get them there, they kiss you, they hug you, they slap you on the back. They say, oh, I'm so glad you did this for me. But sometimes getting them into that position can be challenging. The only way that you'll get yourself as an effective person to motivate and bring others is if you've got go on the inside of you. Now, here's the deal. Go is two-thirds of God's name. 
G-O, baby. And, and so two-thirds of God is about go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. The church often says, come. And that's, that's correct. Jesus said, come. But we've, we gotta for, can't forget about go. And, and, and there's, there's somebody that God wants you to go to this coming week. And, and so we're not just watching Netflix. We're not just watching continual television and movies and stuff. We've got to get up and actually go to somebody, give them a call, do something like that. And we will find ourselves going with momentum. Now, now here's, here's the thing with, with momentum. Momentum is a, the result of decision. All right? So I want to give you some of the laws of decision-making. Decision is taking steps. Taking steps is moving. You don't want to procrastinate. You don't want to put off till tomorrow what you can do right now. I'm a right now person. I have a little maxim in my head. I have a lot of little maxims in my head, about a hundred. And I live by them. One of them is do it now. So if we're in a meeting and somebody says, you know what we should do? We should invite John Gray to come and preach at presence. I say, let's do it now. And I ring him up right then. And I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning or whatever it is going on. I'm going to get a voicemail, which is a gift from God. And uh, I can text. I say, let's do it now. Somebody says, we should ask the bank for a loan. I say, let's do it now. You should talk to that person about seeing if they, let's do it now. It's such a good feeling when you do everything now. I try and teach our college students. We have a C3 college in Sydney that you'd love being at. Just close John Pierce's ears right now. Here, yeah, We would love to have you in Sydney, and we'll send you back, and you'll be amazing. I try and teach them. When you get the assignment, do it now. Not when it's due. Because then you go, ah, it's the last night, and I'm scrambling, and I'm doing all night or oh, with Red Bull. Oh, you're such a hero. If you got your act together, you wouldn't have to do an all-nighter. You know, like, oh, last night, I had to do an all-nighter. Well, you're disorganized, you silly thing. Do it now and get ahead of the game. This isn't what you really call an evangelistic meeting, is it? It's like I'm... I, I'm just nailing you. And uh, when you get a bill, pay it now. I'm going to wait until I just, just the last moment, ring them up. Can I have another seven days? Oh, can you expand? Pay it now. One day I'm going to start tithing. Tithe now. One day I'm going to ask that person uh, to come along to church. Do it now. One day I'm going to buy a house. Do it now. One day, kill one day in your thinking. I am not a one-day thinker. I'm not a one-day in the future and a by-and-by. Something's going to happen. If I'm, if I'm going to do it, you know when I'm going to do it? Now. Or at least take the first step. I hope I can motivate some of you here tonight to get out of that inertia. To get out of that, that, oh, should I, shine? I, should I, shine? I, should I, shine? All those movies about men who can't commit themselves. What a bunch of wimps. 
What are you doing? It's like, oh, I know what you're thinking. Oh, there might be another one who's a little bit better. No, there isn't. She's the best you'll ever get. That's it. You think, no, I'm going to wait until I get what I deserve. You do not want what you deserve. Who's here been going out with somebody for more than four years? Piara. And you? Are you the... Who, are you? No, you, you two going out right, for more than four years. How old are you? 22. It is a little young, but I got married when I was 19. Like I said, I'm going to do it now, guy, you know, like... How old are you? 20, 22 and 20. You feel like, you, well, is it serious? You know, like, you know, it's, it is. So you're going to pop the, you know, the question. Like, you know. You're saving some money. Well, you can do it together a lot better. Amen. Yeah. You could do it tonight. You know, you could do it. Four years is kind of long enough. I know, you know, like, should we do it? You want to do it a bit more romantically. Yeah, yeah, with a lobster and a you know, candle on a cake. Sorry, girl, I tried. You know, but... Uh, <laughs> stop procrastinating. Stop putting off tomorrow what you could do today. Somebody say, one day I'm going to be a writer. Start writing now. If you're ever going to be a writer, you need to be writing a thousand words a day. Four pages, that's all it is. Type it. You say, I'm a songwriter. Have you written 10 songs today? Because that's a songwriter. That's a songwriter. I'm a, I'm a preacher. Have I, have I read the Bible? Have I been praying? Have I been, yeah, I've, I, you got to do it now. Start. Start doing it. One day I'm going to write a book about marriage. You know, the Walsh is just going to, they're thinking that. Do it now. Amen. Just get going on it. But we, I'm not old enough. Yet. You know, like we haven't taught enough people. Yes, you have. You got the gift, just go for it, amen. Why are you disqualifying yourself? Take the step. I'm taking too long on this part. Amen, okay, so one, do it now, all right? You get it? All right, I gotta move quickly because, you know, it's like, that's 10 minutes already that's gone and I need to keep moving, so stop interrupting me, thank you. All right, uh, all right, so... This is what happens sometimes. You do it, and then you fail. Ah! You, it doesn't work. I mean, that's a bad day, isn't it? When you do something, and you, oh, oh God, it didn't work. God's not with me. Oh, please. Oh, God, you told me to step out. I listened to that stupid preacher. He said, do it now, and now I've lost all my money. She said, no, we need to get a house. Oh, God, I'm a failure. Oh, it's quite comfortable down here. I don't have to do anything. Get up. Get up again. What are you doing? You're not a failure. Everybody fails. If I was to spend all my time up here telling you about my failures, it would be a lot longer than the successes. Oh, Phil Brinkley, he runs 535 churches, yeah. 
They didn't tell you about the like hundred that have failed. Didn't tell you that when we had 35 churches, I lost 11. Killed me, broke my heart, lost my best friend. Don't tell you about all the times that we've been in the press on the front page of the newspaper, on the news, getting laughed at by the Christian community, getting mocked by Darren Hinch and all the guys on the six o'clock news. All the times when you've been discouraged and depressed and live your life mostly discouraged mostly in a sense of failure because failure loves to dominate your mind and become a sticky thought and you go, get off me and it just sticks around so I got to go and read my book on hope. (laughs) Encourage yourself in the Lord and get up again. Failure doesn't make you a failure. The problem with failure, the problem with the problem is your response to the problem. The problem is your opportunity. You're looking for an open door, but God's provided you with a problem. That's your opportunity. That's your open door. How do you know Paul the Apostle? How do you know him? He's written in the Bible, right? Where did he write those writings? In a prison. That's a pretty discouraging moment when you get thrown into prison. But that was his opportunity. They become the greatest years of his life. He took revival all around Asia, all around Macedonia, around all the world, in fact. But his greatest achievements were not in his travels. His greatest achievements was when they tried to stop him and lock him and cage him and give him the biggest problem. You couldn't stop him. Put him in a prison. I'm still going to be riding. So it doesn't matter what circumstance you're in, whether you're in prison, in hospital, whether you're in a bad marriage, a good marriage, whether you're having trouble in your finances, trouble in your home, it's your opportunity. The problem is the opportunity. The obstacle is the way forward. It's going to make you do things you never would have done. You'll get more desperate with a problem and that desperation will catapult you into doing greater things than you ever would have done and you never would have done them unless you'd have the problem. Thank God for the problem. Praise Him for the great problem that you've got in your life. I know you don't think they're a blessing, but that's a blessing from God. Personally, I wish He wouldn't bless me so much. But anyway... So, 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 so. Number three, move forward. That's a decision. Okay, these are decisions, laws of decisions, laws of decision-making. I feel like I'm in Bible college, but this is awesome because I'm talking to, talking to people about getting momentum in your life when you've been stuck you might have retired up here. You might have been in Melbourne or Sydney and you come up here to retire. I know it doesn't look like too many retirees in a room, but 
You don't want to, you don't want to retire? You, you want to keep moving forward? Even though you're retired, even though you're not working that job anymore, make sure that you're living a meaningful life. Oh, God. The, the, the reason people are depressed is because the sense of the meaning of life is not there. Three, when you've lost purpose, you have no reason to live. When you watch Liam Neeson, you know, he's just hanging around the barbecue with his buds, drinking beer until his daughter is taken. And now he's a different animal. I have skills. I have a certain set of skills. And I will kill you. The man just got focused. You'll always do better when you're rescuing somebody. You'll always do better when you've got a purpose in your life that's bigger than just you. If you're living for just you, it's not enough. You gotta be living a life for other people, making sacrifices for other people, being disciplined for other people. If you're just being disciplined to lose a few pounds, it ain't gonna work. But if you start to lose them for somebody else, if you think I'm gonna be a blessing to another world, to another person, to another set of people, to my family, and you start living for that purpose, meaningfulness comes into your world. We're, we are entertained to death. Just give me one more movie. Just give me one more series. Just give me one more kick. Just give me one more thrill, one more party. Beyonce's okay. But give me one more concert, you know. Just give me another rave party. Give me, just, just stimulate me one more time. After a while, you're overstimulated. You're numb. So you have to have a bigger kick to get yourself kind of feeling, a feeling at all. Strip all of that away and put meaningfulness in your life and you'll find an authentic satisfaction that is deeper than anything that selfishness will try to give you. You got to kick yourself out of a self-absorbed lifestyle so that we're not at the center. We're here to serve someone else. Move forward. Keep moving forward. Don't move sideways. Don't move backwards. The way that you do this is even when the winds are contrary to you, you set your sail to take advantage of the wind. I'm a skipper. I sail boats, and I can go forward in any wind at all. Just depends how you set your sails. Some people are one-dimensional. They've only got one sail set. It's like that. If the wind's behind me, I'm moving forward. Woo! Wind's against me, I can't move. I can't cope with opposition. I can't cope with criticism. I can't cope with persecution. I can't cope with circumstances not working out. Oh, I just throw a sulk. I just throw a tantrum. I just, I can't, I can't move. Yes, you can move forward. Change your attitude. Set your sail. Say, this thing's propelling me into my future in Jesus' name. Just because you got a no here doesn't mean that it's going to be a no everywhere. All right. God is going to raise your standard of living so that he can raise your standard of giving. Make decisions that are generous. Be generous in every area. Always be a giver. 
Always be a person who's wanting not to take, but to give. We live in a consumeristic Christian world. And a lot of preaching is about how God can bless you. I'm here to tell you how you can bless God. Not just with your lips and say, bless God, bless God, but actually bless him by serving, by putting your hand up in church and saying, I'm available. By coming down to presence and saying, let me serve on one of the teams down here. All the volunteers who come from other churches find themselves going back to their church after they've been in a thing with thousands and thousands and thousands of people and they're dealing with such big logistics. They go back in their church and what was a big thing? It's just like a little pebble in their hand now. What was like a big anxiety is just nothing. Wow, we can breeze through that. Once you have involved yourself in a generous lifestyle, you'll overlook the faults of others. I listen to some couples that are so critical of each other. Oh, they're just murdering each other because they're not generous. They're not giving to each other, saying, you're not meeting my needs. Oh, you poor boy. (laughs) We're all so sorry for you. Get out of your self-pity and start to be a blessing to somebody else in Jesus' name. Amen. Move over the wall. Reach out beyond yourself. Boy, this is a tough message tonight. Pastor Phil is in the house. He feels like he's in his own church. I can talk as tough as I like. Woo! Amen. All right. Follow the light. Okay. Wise men followed a bright star and came to Jesus. It would have taken them over all kinds of terrain. But you got to follow your prophecy. Follow the bright light. Follow the positive. Oh, how many people I know that I feel like wringing their neck off because they hang out with the wrong people. And I say, what are you doing? Because I can tell what kind of person you are. I don't have to have one interview with you. I don't even have to meet you. I just need to meet your friends. Because your friends define you. And I can tell what kind of person you are by the kind of people you feel comfortable with. And if all the people around you are negative, whining, that's what you're going to be like. Do you want to be that kind of weasel? No, you don't. Why are you hanging out with the complainers, the entitled crowd, who got no gratitude in their soul? Thanksgiving is the antidote to entitlement. Be thankful. Thank God that our parents visited us for two hours. Don't say they didn't stay very long, did they? Or they stayed too long, didn't they? Don't be bringing the knives out as soon as people walk away from you. Say, aren't they awesome? Thank God for those people. Don't be complaining about stuff all the time. Oh, Anthony Robbins, he says, awaken the giant within. Phil Pringle says, slap the weasel within. (laughs) Some people's entire culture of language is moaning. Hi, how are you? All right, all right. Life's pretty good, You live on the Sunshine Coast, for goodness sake. It's beautiful here. And the weather's pretty hot, very humid around here. Or go to Melbourne. No, it's too cold down there. Get happy. Change your attitude about life. It's not out there. It's in here. Your secret to follow the light 
Keep walking with positive people. Keep following the bright things in the world. Keep glorifying God and thanking God, making your decisions like that. Okay, now I gotta go real quick because I got two. I've only just given the introduction. I gotta get to the to the, to the real message here uh, in these last three minutes. And so listen real quick, because I'm gonna talk real quick. John 9:1. Jesus heals seven people of blindness in the Bible, and they're all men. Guys. Guys. Woo! That's a strong moment, isn't it, right there? One, I'm not saying anything about the girls. I know girls with great vision. But let me tell you, let me tell you, it's pretty hard for a wife to follow somebody who's got no vision. She's going to start getting her own, and I might irritate the heck out of you. But look, guys, Bible says, oh, this is this is a tough talk. No, I, I I don't know. I don't think I can go there. It's like it's like it's like twenty. I don't know if I can go here, people. Can I go here? Okay, okay. Boot camp. Men raise children different to women. That's why children need man and a woman. You go down the park. Who's pushing that swing higher? Who's going, ah, don't push it any higher. Men want to develop their kids. Women want to safeguard their children. And that's good. It's a good mix. Men talk to their children different. Hey, kid, how you doing? Women go, goo, 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 talk baby language. Father talks to them like, a, I want to raise your, your language skills here, kid. Men discipline differently. Mum says, do that again and I'll tell your father. <laughs> Dad walks in and says, did you do that? I told you not to do that. <laughs> Bang. Oh, sorry, not allowed to do that anymore. But <laughs> listen to me. Dads go around the house rumbling with their kids, being the monster. Here comes the big monster. Mums don't do that. Dads rumble with their kids on the floor. With their boys. Mums don't do that. It's kind of weird. If you see mum wrestling with the boys on the kitchen floor, there's <gasps> a vast difference. I'm saying something without saying something right now. But here's the deal, friend. friend and I got 20 of those. I'm going to stop right there. Because there's, there's big differences all the way through. Here's a problem. Some of us as Christians think God is our mother, but he's your father. His love is dangerous. He's your father. He's going to be your father and develop you and maximize you. You want this nurturing, cuddly sort of God? He's dangerous God. He's a lion. He's your savior, but he's not safe. He's going to take you on a journey that's wild and adventurous and stretch you to the limit. Hang in there because he's good. His goodness expands beyond every other image or thinking that you've ever. Follow the light when you're in the dark. There's always light in the dark and follow it. 
Make the decision according to the light. All right, quickly. John 9, Jesus walked along, saw a man who's blind from birth, heals him, right? Fixes him up, boom. Through a series of miracles, like, okay. So he gives him vision when he had no vision. And I would like to think tonight that if you could wonder in your heart, what am I meant to be doing on planet earth? What is my purpose? What vision am I meant to have for my life? I'm believing that Jesus can give that to you starting tonight. There are a lot of young men, young women in here, but that's not all that's in here. There's some of us age people as well. John Pierce's age. And let me tell you, you need a vision as well. You don't need to say, I'm too old to get a vision. No, you're not. Abraham got a vision when he was 90. Moses got a vision when he was 80. Joshua got a vision when he was 80. You are never too young and never too old to get a vision from God about your future. God wants you to have a future so that you have a hope in your head because that's how your head stays together. Without a vision, we perish. We are unmade in our mind, but making a decision according to a vision is making your mind up. And when you don't have that, your mind is unmade. So Habakkuk, I know it's late in the day to be introducing another, another scripture, but bear with me. This is a I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. Okay, so this is Habakkuk, a prophet. I will position myself in my tower and watch to see what he will say to me. So when God speaks, pictures come out of his mouth and into your mind. So you get a vision of what he's saying. I will watch to see what he will say to me. Once I have seen it, then I will write it. Because he says, write the vision, make it plain. But in the middle of this, he says, I will watch to see what I will answer when I am reproved. Fascinating. We live in a generation that just can't cope with rebuke. Can't cope with challenge. We get a medal for participating for coming number 13 in a race. Thanks for turning up. People, when you go to that real estate office, the boss isn't going to say, hey, thanks for turning up. Here's a medal. You got to win the contract. And sometimes you'll lose. And that could be the greatest day of your life because you learn how to cope with losing. You learn how to get up again. You learn how to get emotional resilience. And you learn how to learn because right at that moment, you need adjusting. Why did you lose the contract? And if you never face the fact that you lost, you'll never face the fact that you need to learn something. Because you haven't got it all together. You might think you got it all together, but you're sitting here tonight, not changing the world, same as me. We're doing what we can, but we haven't got to act together. Oh, how can you be so cruel and talk to me like that? Don't you realize what I've been through? We've all been through stuff. And most of it's our own stupid making. So we need to learn how not to go through that stuff. 
and re-navigate our world, reorientate ourselves, get our compass right and learn new ways of living. So how do I learn a new way of living? There's only one way and that's Him, Jesus. He is the way, the truth and the life. So if you say tonight, I want a new way of living. I got to figure out how to do life better. It's just not working out for me. I'm, 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 I'm nearing 60 and I haven't even got a real job yet. You know, it's like I, I, I've, I've messed up in my relationships. A lot of people don't cope with that. They don't want to face that reality. You've got to face it. Otherwise, you can't deal with it. And if I've messed up as a parent, in my finances, in my relationships, I've got to say, well, I need to be corrected. I will put myself on my watchtower and ask the Lord, correct me. That's what this Habakkuk prophet did. And he's a prophet. I will see what I'll answer when I'm reproved. He made himself teachable. He got humble. Listen, if you're here tonight and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, tonight's that night. Right here, right now. I was going to spend a little more time on praying for people, but I did that at the start. I prophesied a little and prayed for, but I feel like God wanted me to tell you something here tonight about momentum, about keeping ourselves moving forward. And so my friends, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, I really want you to do that here tonight. 